You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us. And for those of you who are just joining us, uh, you are listening to Real Presence Live. And uh, my name is Jack Canelli, and my wife Doreen is also with me. And we are your hosts for the next hour and a half, next three segments. And uh, But before we get into that, we'd like to remind everybody to do not forget that the Real Presence Radio clothing store is open for a few more days. You can go to realpresenceradio.com and get your RPR gear. They've got shirts and other stuff there that you can wear and uh, proudly display your uh, associations with uh, Real Presence Radio. And uh, we thank you for your patronage for that. And... Uh, we're uh, getting our next guest up on the line. I don't know, Doreen, do you have another joke for us? I do. All right. Since we have fresh snow, what do you call it when a snowman throws a temper tantrum? Uh, what do you call it when a snowman throws a temper tantrum? I don't know. What do you call it? A meltdown. I get it. <laughs> That's yeah. a good one. Okay. Do you have any more? Incidentally, uh, for those who are living in the Fargo area, the streets are still quite slippery. I I took off from a stop sign, and I have an all-wheel drive vehicle, and the thing started going off to the right just because it was so slippery rather than going forward. So be careful out there if you're in the Fargo area. I'm not sure about the rest of the listening area for Real Presence Radio, but I think uh, a lot of it was hit by the snow. It's, uh, It's not March yet, but it's a March kind of snow. And so uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we're cautioning everybody as best we can, just because uh, we need to be careful out there. Uh, we want you to, uh, we were, we're going to be getting our next guest, Jenna, up uh, online in just a few minutes. But I also want to preview, we've got uh, Christopher Dodson from the North Dakota Catholic Conference coming on later to talk about some of the uh, legislation out there that is uh, pertinent to us as Catholics, and also we have, after that, in our last half hour, we have Luke Goodrich, who is an attorney with the Beckett Fund, and uh, they are a uh, public interest law group that uh, represents uh, uh, issues uh, or deals with issues of uh, 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 religious liberty. And uh, I think you'll find him very interesting. He's been to the Supreme Court, argued at the Supreme Court uh, multiple times, but Jenna's on the line. Jenna, hi. Happy to have you with us. I'm happy to be here. Good morning, Jenna. Good I, I morning. know I know you're really nervous with these high power radio hosts that you're dealing with today. <laughs> I'm well, just... You guys are the real professionals. You've done this over and over. This is my first time, so be You'll gentle do with me. Yes. You do great. You... So I'm just curious where Jack and Cecilia are right now. Right now they are unashamed watching tv in the basement (laughs) i did not want to have to worry about the extra background noise so i let them break their lenten fast and they are watching an episode of ninja turtles (laughs) perfect lead-in for what you're with us for today for for those of you who didn't hear earlier jenna is our daughter-in-law yes would you like to introduce yourself jenna just tell the our listeners a little bit about your background Briefly? Sure. I know that Connor was just on it and probably gave a better intro into our family, but um, my name is Jenna, 
And Connor and I have been married for 10 years. So I've been your daughter-in-law for 10 years. And we have five and a half kids. We will have our sixth in May. And um, that's pretty much all there is to know about me besides that I stay at home with all of the kids. Well, you can say that anybody who has five or six kids or more is absolutely fearless. I, I think that's one quality you can give to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I can attest to the fact that the Canelli home is a happy home that is well-organized and where um, children are being nurtured in, in every aspect of life. So anyway, um, thanks, Jenna. And it's, it's just great to have you on the radio with us. Um, so we asked you to be on the radio to um, talk about the importance of why liturgical living is a key component in the life of a Catholic family. Yes. So if any of the listeners aren't familiar with liturgical living, it's basically bringing what we would do in church on Sundays, but doing it in our homes and making faith fun and making connections to our faith outside of Sunday Mass so that we can continue to have a relationship with Jesus into adulthood and hopefully make it something that our kids want to pass down to their kids. So moving, um, so moving the faith experience outside of the Sunday box, would that be a way yes. to... Okay. Yes, making it uh, in a part of your everyday life into um, your everyday living. So um, the church has, you know, liturgical seasons, um, and I know I've witnessed, you know, the things that you and Connor do with your family to really make the faith come alive and and um, and really help your children incorporate. Uh, the the faith in in their little lives. So, would you like to share some ideas that you have, or how you you know ways in which you do that with your kids? Yes, um, I will say first of all that this is not an idea that is original to the Canelli household. Um, all of my ideas, or at least ninety eight percent of my ideas, come from a Catholic blogger. Her name is Kendra Tierney. She blogs at Catholic All Year, and she has a book that she wrote called The Catholic All Year Compendium, Liturgical Living for the Real Life. And that book will be a really helpful resource to any listeners um, that walks you through the entire liturgical season, Advent, Lent, every single feast day that she could literally think of. Um, There are ideas in her book for how to celebrate activities, meals, um, just different things that you can do to incorporate the Catholic faith into your home life. So one of the um, one of the things that I like to do is when I'm planning my week, I like to look at her book and just double check if there are any feast days for our family that I can kind of incorporate into our um, into our weekly meal plan or anything that I can do to add a little bit of our Catholic faith to our to our life. 
So you say meal plan. Uh, why the meal plan? What what happens at meals? Well, mealtime is just one of the times that we all sit down together, and it's an easy way to incorporate our faith into mealtime. So say for the Feast of Juan Diego or Our Lady of Guadalupe, if I was going to make tacos, but I saw that the Feast of Our Lady was coming up in two days, I could just switch my taco nights to the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and then we could talk more about why we're eating Mexican food and discuss Our Lady of Guadalupe, and then we're having a really organic conversation at mealtime about our faith and connecting it to our food and our culture, and our kids are making these connections in their heads so that hopefully at some point they will call me on December 12th to tell me how they ate tacos that day, even if they haven't been to church as adults, that they'll remember that they ate tacos that day. Because they had that experience as a family around the table. Yes. Yep. What are you going to have on St. Patrick's Day? Well, Connor always has a very specific meal plan that he likes to have for that day. He really likes to have bangers and mash. So we will be eating sausage and mashed potatoes that <laughs> is made with a Guinness gravy. Okay. He didn't get that one growing up. We used to always have uh, corned beef, corn beef and cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> that one doesn't go over so well with the kids. But for the no. kids, we do a lot of green food, a lot of green treats, and a lot of green food. Green applesauce is huge. Um, okay, so I love the idea that um, most of this, these uh, living the liturgical year outside of um, Sunday Mass, or in addition to Sunday Mass, or um, strengthened by Sunday Mass, um, take place around the dinner table. Um, but I'm sure you do things that um, extend beyond the dinner table, too, to give your, your family that experience of living their faith uh, through the liturgical seasons. Would you um, have other ideas that you could share to, for our listeners, Jenna? Sure. Um, I can tell you that, especially right now, that it's Lent, so we have undecorated our house. Um, we don't have any winter decorations or any spring decorations up, and I think that my kids definitely notice that, that the house looks very bare, and that really signals that we're in a new season. There's no flowers in our house right now. Um, we don't have any beautiful centerpiece. We've taken all of our really fun, cozy blankets out from Christmas, and it feels different. So the kids definitely notice that we're in a different season. We have a lot more prayer books out. We've got our stations books. We've got our rosaries out to signal that we are doing a lot more prayer at this time of year um, because of the season of Lent that we're in. So they probably go to mass, and then where we've uh, where the church has made the sanctuary bare, and then they're experienced something similar to that at home. But we have to go to a break now. So yes, just hang we'll, on. we'll go to a break. So hang on to that thought, and stay with us. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging. And live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio, with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? 
This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. We have all lost someone to the reality of death, some more tragic than others. I'm Father Chris Alar. While grieving is a natural process, it helps if you know how to navigate your way through it. As my friend Sammy Wood says, you can never get over a tragic loss, but you can get through it. Come to know the stages of grief, which are acute, integrated, and complicated grief. Seek help whenever needed, either from a friend or especially from medical professionals. There is no shame in asking for help. Remember, Jesus accepted the help of his followers while bearing the weight of the cross on his way to Calvary. Don't go it alone. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Um, This is Doreen Canelli, and I'm here with my husband, Jack, and our daughter-in-law, Jenna, who is uh, talking to us about the way in which they uh, incorporate liturgical life into their family life in the hopes that their children will... Uh, remember and celebrate as they continue into their own adulthoods and their own family lives. So Jenna, before the break, you were just starting to talk about how you've prepared your home for the season of Lent, the liturgical season that we're celebrating right now. Um, Would you just maybe briefly repeat that for anyone who's just tuned in and then uh, go into some of the other ways in which your family is celebrating the liturgical season of Lent. Yes. Um, so we just undecorated our home on Ash Wednesday. We took down all of our winter decorations that we're still holding on, and we haven't put up any spring decorations, so the house is just blank. It feels very stark. It feels very much like the inside of the church, how there's no decorations on the altar or anything. And we have moved out our prayer books into a place of prominence now to just um, help remind our kids that we're in a season of prayer and fasting right now rather than a season of um, celebration and indulgence like we just were in Christmas time. So, so, um, so there's that the environment is different and it's obviously different, which, um, you know, speaks to, you know, what we what we see when we walk into your home and your children experience. Yes. So, yeah, and then um, other things that we're doing this year is we are doing um, 
we're celebrating our Lenten Fridays by eating pizza every Friday. We decided to make that very intentional this year. Um, so we eat pizza, and then we go to Stations of the Cross, and that's been really great. It's also really easy to invite another family into that practice with us. So how does how does having pizza and going to Stations of the Cross make it easy? Well, two years ago during Lent, we decided that we just made the decision that we were not going to struggle with a meatless plan for Friday. We were just going to intentionally make the choice to always have pizza. And that has given me a lot of freedom. I don't feel lazy for serving pizza to my kids every Friday because I made that choice to be intentional. When we invite another family over, it's really easy to put another pizza in the oven. And I never have to worry about turning away a family if we don't have enough food because you can always serve more pizza. I also think that having pizza every Friday has really made the feast days that fall on a Friday really obvious to the kids. Like on Easter Friday in the octave, when we have meat on our pizza, they are like, whoa, we are not having cheese pizza. This is a huge deal. Because they're experiencing it. That's awesome. Are, do you do you do homemade pizzas or frozen pizzas? or? The I... best thing about pizza is that you can just do whatever works for your season of life. When I'm not pregnant and I feel like making homemade pizza dough, yes, we do homemade pizza all the time. But this year, since stations are at 7 o'clock at our parish, we don't have a ton of time to do homemade pizza, so we just did frozen. This week, we're going to do Little Caesars. We have two other families coming over, so we're just going to keep it easy. And I think that that's the great thing about pizza is that it is easy to accommodate anyone's schedule. And it's so simple, which is beautiful. And it um, it takes kind of the worry and concern over what am I going to serve to company when they come over. Well, then do those families accompany you to the Stations of the Cross, Jenna? Yes. Last week they did. They came, and it's just an easy way to say, we're going to eat pizza at 5 o'clock, come whenever, bring your kids, and then we'll go to Stations at 7. And it's great because we only live a minute from the church, so we can all make it. And last week, the family that came over was like, this is so great. I don't know that we would have made the extra effort to make it to stations at the parish if you wouldn't have prompted it. So it really is a great way to be able to build that community and help invite others into what you're doing in your um, liturgical living. And and then your kids get to see that this isn't just our family. We're doing this with other families, and it's the experience that their friends are having at the same time as you are. Yeah, and they loved it. They love when they get to have their friends over for pizza, and they, I think, just had a really great time bringing their friends and seeing, like, sitting in the same pew with them at church, even though we were just doing stations. They were just having the best time sharing their stations books with their friends. Oh, that's wonderful. All right, I'm keeping my eyes on the clock. I know you've got some other ideas for the season of Lent. Uh, So what are some other things that you're doing that other families um, might be able to enjoy and and enhance their family faith lives? Well, the idea that I had this year that we're doing um, for sort of our almsgiving 
is we came up with this idea. I came up with this idea on Instagram. I saw these moms, this group of moms that had gotten together um, to bring meals to people in need. And normally that's very easy and obvious. You see someone who's had a baby and you bring them a meal. But one month they couldn't find anybody who had just had a baby. And so they ended up calling their parish and asking for somebody who was homebound. And a meal that would normally feed a family was able to feed four homebound people. And I think that that's so beautiful is that we can serve more people individually in that way. So we can't always be able to go to a soup kitchen with our kids or take them on a mission trip to Peru or do anything big and grand. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do anything. So I started to think about what the smallest possible thing that I could do with the kids was. And I just ended up calling our parish and asking for a list of all the homebound parishioners in um, our district. And we're going, we've started praying for all of the homebound people by name. And we're still kind of working this idea out as a family. We haven't really figured it out. So I definitely don't have all the answers, but if this is sparking interest in anybody, I'll just give a lot of the ideas that the kids and I have come up with. Um, We want to make Easter cards. The kids love doing arts and crafts, so they want to do Easter cards. Um, They are trying to think of a craft project that they can give to some of the people who are stuck at home, like a bookmark or a magnet or um, make a prayer card or a beaded rosary. So they just want to do something to let people know that they're being thought of. Um, They really want to give the homebound people some baked goods, banana bread with a chocolate chip smiley face on it, (laughs) Easter cookies, some sort of homemade meal. Um, But I think the idea is just something to show these people that we are thinking and praying for them. And that even though they're homebound, they're still part of a, a larger community. Yes, and to have contact with the parish outside of just the parish outreach coordinator. I know that the deacons are really great at visiting with the homebound, but the idea that our kids can be part of it is so amazing. Like, we could call them um, on the phone. We could walk over to their houses and visit with them in person. We could pray a chaplet of divine mercy with them, pray a decade of the rosary. We could you know, double check to make sure that they're receiving Holy Communion if they haven't. Sometimes that gets overlooked. And so we are just trying to think of ways that we can um, minister in our own parish without having to, you know, pack up and go to Peru to make an impact. Right. There there are people right in our midst that are in need of love and compassion. I think some people tend to overlook their parish as a source of, you know, information for, you know, uh, doing those sort of activities. Well, Father Mike just said on his Bible in a Year podcast that less than 7% of parishioners are actively volunteering. And I know that I just heard one of the commercials that the radio station right now is reaching 2.5. 4 million or something listeners throughout North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota. 
So imagine if just one person who heard this decided to call their parish and get one name of a homebound parishioner. Think of how many people we could reach in our own communities. Right, and a beginning of a new relationship, too, at the same time. What a great idea. Right. <laughs> Thank Jenna, we, we're, we're at the end of our time, and it, it certainly has flown by, and I, I hope you've given, I think you've given a lot of uh, ideas for people out there to, to enhance their Lent with their families, and I'm sure that the, the children really respond positively to these kind of activities. And so uh, thank you for taking the time today, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Cecilia and Jack enjoyed the uh, Lenten break and got to watching the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely did. Yeah, so anyway, we're uh, thanks again for having us. And up next, for all you listeners out there, stay with us. We're going to be diving into just what is religious liberty. And we're going to do kind of a, the next two segments are going to be talking about that. So stay with us for more. <laughs> 